Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. So today I want to teach us the Bible. I'm going to call myself to be a great teacher, but I want to read a few scriptures and we'll go from there. In John chapter 18, verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Aren't thou a teacher? Aren't thou a king? Then Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end I was born, and for this cause I came into the world that I Hold on, I'm all mixed up. That I should bear witnesses unto the truth. And me, heard my voice, heard truth. Or everyone that heard truth, heard my voice. I'm going to get it. Verse 38, Pilate said unto him, what is truth? I believe in 2023, that is one of the most biggest questions that are being asked today. What truly is truth is? What is truth? When you think about 2,000 plus denominal churches in the world and everybody says we have truth. What is truth? I'm glad you asked. John 17 and 17 it says, Sanctify them through thy truth for thy word is truth. So the Bible says it right here that the word of God is true. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 4, the Bible also says, Let God be true and every man be a liar. The greatest book that was ever given to any mankind was the word of God. I see Brother Billy's here today. Brother Billy is part of the Gideon's Bible. And they pass out hundreds and thousands of Bibles to people that don't own a Bible. And I am so thankful for that. That somebody has a love for people to give them, to give them one of the greatest books that they could ever receive. And that's the Bible. Your dad, Brother Byron, used to sing a little song. I have a wonderful treasure and it's given to me without measure. And so we will travel together, my Bible and I. This is the greatest roadmap to heaven. This is still the greatest love book given to man. You want to read about love? Dig up the word from Genesis to Revelation. If that wasn't love, then somebody is going to have to explain to me what love truly is. So the word of God is true. And that's why today the word of God is going to explain itself. And that's why we're going to read it together. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, the Bible says, To rightly divide the word. Rightly divide the word. So if there's a right way to divide the word, guess what? There's also a wrong way to divide the word. But that's why we're not going to go on what you think or what I think or what we believe. We're going to go with what the word says about rightly dividing it 
and finding out what it takes for us to truly be born again and be ready for a rapture one day. Amen? It says, study to show thyself approval to God. A workman need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. Here we go again. Truth. What is true? The word. Let every man, including your pastor, be a liar. But let these words be true. You know, the Bible on a coffee table is good. The Bible on the dashboard of your car is pretty. But that ain't where God wants it. God wants us to take this word and hide it in our heart. That we may not sin against him. Just as when Jesus was temp tempted. And he was tempted by the devil. He didn't quote his words. He quoted God's words. And what happened to the tempter? The tempter had to leave. It's the same thing with us. We got to study to show that self-approval to God. That a work we need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth, you will get the real concept, the real meaning on being born again. Now here we are. Paul is speaking here. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So Paul knew what he was actually talking about. The four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tells us what we're going to have to do. The book of Acts gives it to us plain what we should do. The New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, was revealed in Acts, the book of Acts. Now remember this. Now Paul is saying this. As he wrote the New Testament, the two-thirds of it, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was the Gospels to the church. But the church wasn't born until the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. And we'll get to that. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, the word inspired by God. All scriptures is given by the inspiration of God. It's possible for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instructions, and righteousness. It's just like this. If a, if a boss is him and his secretary is in an office and she's a dictator and what she's doing there is everything he says, every word he says, she types it. Same thing. She types exactly what her boss says. It's the same thing with the word of God. There's no error. There's no confusion. There's no contradiction in the word of God. It's plain. It's simple. Elementary can learn it. Come on, somebody. Anybody can learn the word of God if you would make yourself come available to study this word. Come on, study it. It's the greatest book you will ever read in your life. It gets, it's, it's all true. There's no error in this book. This is exactly what God said it was going to be. Praise the Lord. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20. No private interpretations, meaning this. You know how a lot of people say, well, you know, I think this is what it means. There's no private interpretation. When you take the scripture of God as it's worded and you begin to add to your whatever you think it should say, that's not even correct. There's no private interpretation. That means you can't privately interpret the Bible. It says what it says, and it means what it says. Come on, if Jesus said we had to wear a pink skirt to get to heaven, put on a pink skirt. It's just that simple. 
There's no private interpretation. And the reason why people want to have a private interpretation, they don't want Jesus because they don't want change. Come on, but wherever there was Jesus, there's going to be change. So they don't want Jesus. They don't want the truth. So what they want to do is this. They want to find scriptures that's going to fit their sinful lifestyle. Or they want to find a church that's going to fit that sinful lifestyle. But that ain't what get Jesus desires. He desires for us to study this book and to know what he's talking about. We got to. And we can't throw in our little two cents what we think. I don't care what you think. And you shouldn't care what I think. What we ought to think and care about is what he thinks. It's what the word thinks. It's what God said, not what man said. Amen. Knowing this first, that no private of scriptures is any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not into the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God speak as they were moved by God. So you say, well, how you know the, the word of God is real? Well, friend, let me tell you something. In my relationship, it lines up with the word. When Jesus said that I must be born again of the water and the spirit, and I experienced the water and the spirit, I experienced Jesus' name, baptism, and I experienced the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a heavenly language, there ain't nothing more plainer than that. There ain't nothing more realer than that than to experience something that God spoke that was going to happen in my days, in your days, and also back then in their days. Nothing like the word of God. So anyhow, as holy men were moved by the Holy Ghost, they begin to write. Thank you, Jesus, for the word. First Timothy chapter 4 and 13. Tell I come, give attendance to reading and exhortation and the doctrine. Doctrine. What's the doctrine? Come on, you know what Peter and John and Matthew and Mark and all these guys preach? They preach the word. They preach doctrine. They preached the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They preached on dying of sin, being buried in Jesus' name in baptism, and coming up a brand new man, a new creature in Christ. Old things will pass away, new things become. Even in 23, that experience is still happening in our world today of being born again. Being born again, but continue into your doctrine. I always heard all my life, if it worked, why change it? Come on, this stuff works. How many of you were lost and your life was a wreck, but Jesus steps in, fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, gives you a life that you never had before, but you wanted, but you just didn't know how to get it. Only Jesus, only by experience, only by experience. Neglect not the gift that's in thee, which is given by the prophecy and by laying on the hands. So don't neglect that gift that's in you. You got power once you receive the Holy Ghost, Acts 1 and 8 says. You got power, Brother Jordan. You got power, Brother Francois. And that's preachers I'm talking to. But let me give you another story here. You got power, Brother Wendell. You got power, Sister Tammy. Because God says we're going to endure power once the Holy Ghost has come upon me. And by the laying on the hands, meaning this, if somebody's sick on your job, Brother Wendell, don't call your pastor. Get you a bottle of oil and say, hold on. I got faith today that I'm going to anoint you with all because I'm standing on the word of Jesus Christ. I'm going to anoint you with all and God's going to heal your body. 
Amen. But we got to stay in the doctrine. We got to stay in the doctrine. And we got to stay believing what God has told us to believe in. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. Thou, that thou perfections shall, listen to what he says, shall appear to all. Take heed unto yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear you. This word just did not save Carl Beard. I have taught Bible study after Bible study after Bible study and watched people get born again. So what's going to happen here as you get a burden for the lost and you get a burden to teach a Bible study, what's going to happen is the same experience that God has given you, it's not going to stay with just you. It's going to roll on and over people and people after people after people, Brother Francois. He said it's not going to only save me, it's going to save both of us that hears his word. I stand here today and I got proof that what I'm saying is real and it's true. I have seen so many people come to God that didn't know nothing about God. How many of you knew anything about the Bible before you came to God? You thought you did. You may have known your one scripture. But since you came to God, since you started living for Jesus, things has changed. Some, the majority of us can quote more than one scripture. Let me tell you something crazy. Before I got in church, I couldn't quote no scriptures. Not even Jesus well. I didn't even know that was in the Bible. But then again, I began to do what Timothy said. Study to show thyself approved to God. That a workman need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. Let me tell you something. They got so much hidden treasure in this black book. Jesus said it's like a treasure that's, born, that is, that's in a field. It's in a field. How do you get treasure out of a field? You got to dig. You got to start digging. And one day, if you're lucky enough, you're going to find treasure. It's the same thing with the word of God. Hidden treasure is in this black book. But God expects you and I to dig for them. Do you know 99% of saints of God, church folks, Christian folks, don't bring their Bible to church? It's sad. I think when I pick up my Bible, or if you have it on your cell phone, praise the Lord. But I think if I pick up my Bible, you ought to be reading with me. Come on, somebody. You follow me as I follow Christ. You're putting all your trust in me, but you need to make sure I'm staying in, between, in the pages. You need to make sure I'm following the word of God and I'm not taking things out of context and thinking, making you think that I know what I'm talking about when I don't know nothing. And it's very important that you follow at the pastors, that they are leading you in the right direction. Because eternity is too long for us to play Russian roulette with our soul. You follow me as I follow this word. But I think this is the greatest sword that God has given, in, given to, the, to mankind. 
was his word. When I need hope, I find it. When I need faith, I find it. When I need answers, I find it. It's all in the book. I say it's all in the book. Amen. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Word. The infallible Word of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth shall pass, Brother David. But my word is going to last forever and ever and ever. Oh, really? Yes. That's what the word of God says. But what he meant about that was this. That one day, I believe, this is going to be required of us. It might not be in my time. But one day, they're going to come to our doors. Do you own a Bible? Hand them over. So that's why Jesus said, like I said, the coffee table Bible, the dashboard Bible is good. But Jesus said, take my word and hide it in your hearts. Now, Sister Linda Paul was not in the heart. How am I going to get it out one day? If I don't put it in there and they take this book away from me, then I'm going to have no hope. I would have no answers. I would not have nothing to stand on if I don't do what Timothy said. Well, Brother Beard, I can't read good. They oh, I got good news. They got Bible on cassettes. Well, listen to me, cassettes. <laughs> Someone's like saying an eight-track. They got Bible on the eight-track. What's that, Brother Beard? <laughs> <laughs> that was, now y'all know how old I am. So there's no excuse for us not to know the Bible. No excuse. You know, I think about Brother St. Clair, a man that dropped out of school, had to drop out of school. I think he went to the third grade, is what I understood. But he taught himself to read. He might not be able to pick up a history book and tell you anything about history, but I can promise you this. He, you could, he would pick up a black book and he would quote scripture after scripture after scripture because he self-taught himself. You know how we can rightly divide and we can understand the word? You know how you truly can do that? It's by experiencing the baptism of the Holy Ghost because the anointing helps us to comprehend and understand the word of God. Because this stuff was like Greek to me when I first picked it up. I'm like, man, what is all this? What it means? I didn't know where to start at. But when I got the Holy Ghost, when I got the Spirit of God in the on the inside of me, the Scripture began to explain itself. It began to open it up my understanding. Amen. What would happen, though, seriously? Uh, many of you are hungry right now for your dinner. <laughs> you ready to go eat somewhere yes some of you may have a roast in the oven and if you do call past up and I'm going to go eat a piece with you but seriously we hungry for a meal in the next couple of hours what would happen if we would get that hungry for the word of God 
Oh, don't raise your hands, please. When was the last time you picked up the Bible and read the Bible? Don't, don't raise your hands, please. Exactly. Exactly. But we expect one day to make it to heaven. Seriously. Well, I can't read. Get you a No, you'll get a cassette, DVD. They got a Bible now on our app. You know, Jesus said the only lost people that's going to be in a, on this earth is those that are blinded to truth. You know why they're blinded to truth? Because they allow scales to go over their eyes. This baby here takes scales off of your eyes. And it reveals revelation and it reveals truth. Ooh, I don't know why, but anyhow. And the word was made flesh and it dwelt among us and it beheld the glory, the glory of the only begot, begotten of the Father, full of grace. And here we go again, full of truth. Nothing in this world is secure. The 99.9% of the things in the people in this world is not true. And it's not real. And the only thing we got hope in is what is real. And that's the word of God. Full of grace and truth. How many of you are truly thankful for truth? No, seriously. How many of you are truly thankful for truth? I can remember a Bible story where they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years, Sister Sarah, going in circles. You know, you could have been part of that people too. You could have wandered all your life in a circle trying to find what you were born in. Oh, you, amen. God could have left some of us in a wilderness for the rest of our life. Could have kept us in something that was not true. Wandering in a wilderness. But God has led us into truth. Truth is so valuable. I'm so grateful for truth. Truth is, was and still is the greatest thing ever happened in my life. The word of God. He came to his own, meaning his people. His own received him not. He had to go out of his own little town for people to receive him. Don't that sound like some of us? You know, some of your family members, I can remember one of my little brothers telling me, oh, I heard you're going to a Pentecostal church. He's probably watching me live. I said, yes, brother, I'm going to a Pentecostal church. He said, they must have some pretty women over there. I said, that's not the reason I'm going to church. The reason I'm going to church is because I got the Holy Ghost. He said, oh, yeah, right. Give it a couple of days. Hey, brother, 33 years later, and I'm still living for God. Come on, somebody. I'm still living for Jesus. Amen. I still got the Holy Ghost. I'm still free. <laughs> I like what Brother William said when he came over here. He said some of his family went up to him. Oh, William, you still going to that old crazy fanatic apostolic church? He said, huh, are you still hooked on drugs? <laughs> True. I love it. Let me tell you something. This world can't save you. Your grandma can't save you. Your grandpa, nobody in your members, in your family could save you. The only one can save us is Jesus Christ. 
He came to seek and save them which were lost. I was lost one day, but God found me where I was and filled me with the Holy Ghost, and I become a living creature in him. Amen. But listen to what he said in verse 12. But as many as received him, so you got to do your part. But many as received him. So let me tell you something. Jesus wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost, but you got to want the Holy Ghost. Well, I ain't never got the Holy Ghost. I guess you didn't. You never seek God for it. If you get hungry enough for God, you'll move out of your comfort zone and you'll make your way to the front of a church and surrender your life, throw your hands up and say, God, I'm tired of living this old crazy, rugged life. I'm ready to surrender my life to you and be born again today. No, because many people want to be stuck and stay in their religion because their religion suits their lifestyle. What about you're going to be a peculiar people? A royal priesthood. Me and Brother Jeff was just talking about this last night. You go to Walmart, you got a Walmart outfit. You won't wear a Lowe's outfit to Walmart and say you're going to work over there because you're not an employee for Lowe's. It's just like the church. Hey, it is what it is. We got a code. When they see our apostolic women on the street, you know what? They ain't got a second guess if they're apostolic or if they're children of God because there's a dress code. And I'm very thankful that our women look like women and our men look like men. Praise the Lord. I don't want Sister Mary to start shaving and next thing you know I'm, I'm kissing a hairy woman. Come on somebody, I take my glasses off, that way I can't see nobody. Seriously. Okay, Sister Mary wants to be the man of my house. No, she's not. I'm the man of my house. She's not wearing my pants, she's going to continue to wear her dress. Come on somebody. A man's going to look like a man, a woman's going to look like a woman, and that's the way we ought to look. We're not look like nobody else, but who God wants us to look like. But I can see Sister Mary wanting to be a man. Next thing you know, hey, if I start shaving, maybe I can grow some whiskers. No, baby girl, I'm not kissing a man. I want you tender. <laughs> I want them, them lips smacking on my lips. And the only thing we'll be plucking is my little one day, your old mustache. You ain't plucking me with no beard. Come on, somebody. Oh, well, hold on. There's two agendas. Let's not forget there's two agendas. Male, female. I don't care what you add, what you cut off, or what you put on. You steal whatever God has made you to be from the very beginning. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve. That pretty rainbow that they prance up and down the streets. Oh, I'm this, I'm that. No, you, no, you are an abomination until you get your mind right. Hey, I believe in loving people. I love the people, but I hate their sin. Sin stinks in the nostrils of God, and it should stink in your nostrils too. You know what that little rainbow was? That rainbow was not to be paraded down some uh, street or any parish. That rainbow, it reminds me and you that we have a promise that God will never, ever flood this earth again. Mm. 
The word. Got to hide it. Got to hide it in our hearts. But he says, as many as received him, to them gave power to become the sons of God. That's when we got born again, Sister Kathy. We become the heirs of God. People say, well, you know, how, how do I join your church? You can't join this church. You got to be born of the church or into the church. You can sign all the cards you want. That's not going to change you. You can accept the Lord 15,000 times. That's not going to change you. But when he said you got to be born again, then you become part of the family, part of the church. But he says, he says it just like this. For what is born, not of the blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. To be born of God has nothing to do with a fleshly birth. I was born once of my mother. I was born again by the Spirit of God. So to be born again has nothing to do with man, blood, or flesh. We have to be born again of God. Amen. It's a spiritual birth, church, to be born again. Listen to what he says in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, my favorite scriptures. John said it like this. He says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher that comes from God because no man can do these miracles except God be with him. So this proves to us nothing to do with man, flesh. Nothing is spiritual. Listen to what he's saying. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, much less go. So if we're going to see Jesus one day, and we're going to see the walls of Jasper, the streets of gold, and see all our lost loved ones that are left before us, we're going to have to be born again by Jesus. He said, or else you will not see the kingdom of God. Now here's the flesh. Nicodemus, old man, he said to them, how can I be born again when I'm old? Can I enter the second time to be born again? Remember 13 has nothing to do with man, blood, or flesh. It's spiritual. So when Nicodemus is thinking here, how can I go into my mother's womb for the second time? You can't. To be born again has nothing to do with a mom's birth. That's birthing me. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now he uses two elements. You know why? Because Nicodemus was not a real learned man. He didn't have it all there. So in the natural, he's thinking, well, can I be born of my mom again? So Jesus breaks it down now. He says, no, Nicodemus. It takes two elements for you to be born again. Water, spirit. Aren't you glad that your pastor and every preacher stands behind this pulpit preaches you the truth? Come on. That's awesome. There ain't nothing greater in this world than hearing the truth being preached. Amen. 
Amen. So here he is. He's thinking of a natural, a natural birth. Which is born of flesh is flesh, Nicodemus. But what's born of spirit is spirit. Marvinata saying to thee, you must be born again. But when a person is born again, what happens? Your appetite changes. You don't hunger for the things of the world anymore. <laughs> you know, I don't have Facebook. I get more stuff about Facebook than you got than some of you guys that owns Facebook. Look at this, Pastor. Look at that, Pastor. Look at this, Pastor. But when you're born again, your appetite changes, your heart changes. That's why he says, old things shall pass away and praise God, new things shall become. You're not going to desire the things you once desired. Actually, you'll hate the things you once loved and you'll love the things you once hated. Amen. That's what happens when you're born again. God leads you in a completely different direction. When I've been born again, it was a 180, 380 turn. Oh my God. Really? That fast. Brother Wayne, things I couldn't stop when I was in the world stopped when I got born again. I quit smoking cigarettes a year before I got the Holy Ghost. Budweiser, I couldn't give up. Drugs, I couldn't give up. But when I got the Holy Ghost, May 7, 1990, cold turkey. Over with. And never went back again. Only God. When you are truly born again, you're not going to be the person you once were. You're going to be a new creature in Christ. You th your appetite will change. He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. I couldn't do a lot. I mean, I hear that all the time. Well, I can't be Pentecostal. I can't dress this way. I can't act that way. I, you can't. I know you can't. Without the Holy Ghost, you never will. Just like my drug addict habit and my alcohol, I couldn't on my own. But God gave me power once I received him. So, yes, you can. With God, you can do all things. I say, with God, you can do all things. Amen. Amen. Marvel not, I say unto thee, Nicodemus, you must be born again. I love 3 and 8. <laughs> it's the greatest scripture, the greatest verse that I ever came in contact with. For the wind blow it where it listen, and hear a sound thereof, but cannot tell it where it cometh or where it goeth. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. So when I go to my churches and I tell that pastor, Pastor, I want to be part of the church. I want to be a member. It's going to say, okay, son, come right here. He's going to go ahead and sign this, this membership card. As doing that, where's the sound? Come on, I go in front of my church and I go before publicly, I go openly, and I say, okay, I accept the sinner's prayer. But Sister Connie, where's the sound at? He said, for the wind blow it where, listen, hear sound thereof, but cannot tell it where it coming or where it goes. So is everyone that's born in the Spirit. 
So when we are born again, there's going to be a sound. So remember, this has nothing to do with man, blood, or flesh. I don't care how many prayers you repeat, it's not going to save you. It's not. Because it has nothing to do with man or flesh or blood. It's spiritual. So for the wind blowing where, listen, here sound there, but can I tell you where it comes or where it goes? So is everyone that's born in the spirit. So to be born again is more than just an act of doing something. It's more, it's receiving something. Watch this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son who should ever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I believe all that good stuff. But I can't take John 3 and 16 out of context and say, well, I can build my religion or my relationship on that one scripture. You can't. It won't happen. Then what happens to John 3 and 5? Except the man is born again of water and spirit. What happens then? You know what you have? Contradiction. And God says there's no errors. There's no contradiction in his word. He said it would take bits and pieces. Here a little, there a little. Precept alone, precept. Line upon line. Precept alone, precept. Here a little, there a little. Every man's going to work out his own plan of salvation. Man is going to work out his own. You can't work out my plan of salvation, Brother Jordan. You're a powerful preacher, but you can't do it for me. I got to do it myself. So how do I do it? I call on his name as he said for me to. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be. Not a might or maybe. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So how do I call upon the name of the Lord? I get out of my stinking comfort zone. I make my way to the front of the church. And I begin to say, Jesus, I'm tired of trying to fix me. I'm ready for you to fix me. I'm tired of my sinful life. I'm tired of doing the things that are wrong. I'm tired of hurting people I love. I'm ready for change. And once you, hey, you made a, a, a bold statement like that in your heart, God has no other choice but fill you with the Holy Ghost. But repentance comes from the heart. You know why it has to come from the heart? Because in the world we're full of junk. We're full of pride. We're full of hate. We're full of everything that God says we should be filled full of. So the reason why we got to repent is we got to make room in that heart for Jesus Christ. So how much room he's looking for? <laughs> I anti-blank, just a little bit. Just a little bit of room, Brother David. Just a little room. And you know, what, you know how that room comes? It's through repentance. That's why John said, repent or perish. Repent or perish. So we got to repent to make room for the Holy Ghost to come in. Amen. So when you're born again, I promise you this, there's going to be a certain sound. I love what he said in verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the, but the world through him might be saved. Listen to me. I'm not up here throwing any stones. I'm up here preaching the word. This is not a stone thrower. This is a faith builder. And listen to me. If they are blinded, they are blinded from the truth because people are not preaching this anymore. 
He said, Peter, upon a rock I'll build a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. I will give you the keys, Peter, to the kingdom of heaven. What was those keys, Brother Christopher? The word. Nothing like the word of Jesus. So Jesus says, I did not come down here to condemn this world. I came down here to give them the words of understanding to open up their eyes and turn to me. But he did not come to condemn. And I love it and I say it again. If Jesus Christ did not come down to this earth to condemn us, then who we are to condemn one another. The Bible also says it like this, for the righteous shall judge the unrighteous. The righteous. Amen. Shall judge the unrighteous. Meaning me and you? No. Like I said, the only right, true, living thing left on earth is this word. And at the end of life, Paul Beard will not be your judge. We won't be one another's judge. But at the end, this black book is going to judge each and every one of us. You know what the word says? He that know to do good but chose to do wrong. It's what? It's a sin unto him. So how do I live this word? You got to know it before you can live it. How do I know it? You got to study it. Come on, you got to put it in your heart. And that's what God wants. He wants us to put this word so deep in our heart as when the tempter came to him, we'd be able to quote the words. <laughs> that's all I've been doing all week is quoting the word. Because let me tell you something, my adversary, the, the devil, hates me. And he hates me with a passion. And the only thing I can do, Sister Marquette, is quote the word. If God be for me, Satan, I don't care what's against me. I don't care what you throw against me. If my God is for me, I'm a winner. Let's stand. I'm a winner. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church, or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.